street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Caleb's at. Part one of two. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, what's up? Hey, nothing much. My name's Caleb. What's yours, sir? Caleb. Yes, sir. Oh, good Bible name. My name's, yeah. my name's Anthony. Well, good to meet you. Yeah, my mom was hoping I'd be bold someday and trying to tell people about the Lord and everything. Oh, yeah? What is your belief system then? Because right now, it seems like you're trying to I'm... work me around with logic. And I'll be honest, logic kills people. Logic is one of those things that if people try to take logic to its end, it causes issues. It causes things. Think of Hitler. Zach, you're going to find this. When you talk to them, they don't have a reason. This is Zach here. You've seen an evolution versus God, right? You Same. probably watched that documentary. Oh, that's a great Every one. single person they talk to, great comfort. they don't have a response. Let's say that there was a contradiction about... You're, you're going to ask me if I would lose my faith. And I've already said, well, yes, can I, I would just lose say my faith. You would? Yes, and I'm still waiting to hear If you saw it, okay. Then I definitely want to get your contact information so that I can provide you with one. And the one that I'm but thinking- you, you won't talk to me in person about it. Why not? Oh, we can meet again on camera. I have no problem well, doing I, that. I don't mind talking about it right now. I, 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 I'm running out of time. I'm prepared. I'm not. I'm running out of time, and there's another preacher that I have to talk to. Hey, Caleb. Hey, how are you? It's been four years, man. Yes. <laughs> You doing okay? Yeah, doing yeah, good. Yeah, good. Doing? I'm doing really good. You do. Look fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. Ain't no problem at all. Where did you wanna walk? Did you wanna sit at a picnic table? What do you wanna do? I actually have some chairs over there. Okay. I don't know if you wanna sit down or not. Preferably we could stand, but it's a little bit quieter back there. It's, there's just too many cars over here. How have you been, dude? Been doing good. Yeah? Now we live in the city. Um, so it was only a 20 minute drive today, so that, that works for me. Okay. That's good. You live more downtownish? No, I, I guess technically I live in the west side of San Antonio. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of where I live. It's, Wouldn't it be funny if we lived like two miles away from each other? <laughs> yeah. I find that out sometimes. Like, well, I live just two blocks from you. <laughs> That's good. What do you do for a living, by the way? I'm a stay at home dad, and I, I guess you can say I'm an activist. Uh, for the atheist community, atheist movement. Uh, I'm really involved in something called street epistemology. I don't know if you've heard of that or not yet. No? Okay. No. I was actually attempting it the day that we met. I was, you know, I wanted to get to, you know, your reasons why you think something is true and the method that you're using to get there. But, shit, it's been four years plus since I've met you. The reset button today, just starting over. <laughs> Maybe right here by the bridge. Is this cool? Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you coming, man. I was going to offer you some water, but I guess you got, uh, you got some warm need this beverages. To keep me awake. Yeah. Are you okay if I record this? Absolutely. Beautiful. Just anything that I say is not necessarily to do with my job or anything like that. I guess I just got to clarify that. So nothing just goes back on them or anything like that. But yeah. I don't even know. Oh, is that where you work? You is have that? something on your hat? No. No. Okay. No. I'm gonna beep that out. Yeah, thank you, appreciate it. How long have you been doing that? I've been for about two years, so I guess about two and a half yeah, in the yeah. city. Yeah. And that's that's been a good job. Okay. No. I mean, if that says anything for living on the west side, I feel fine living over there, so if that helps <laughs> you feel better about it. <laughs> it's a pretty safe area. Can we move further this yeah. way? Because I want to put a second camera, like a wide shot type thing. Here. Listen, dude. In the four years that I've been doing this, my game has changed. <laughs> That's... That should get both of us in here. That way I can sort of have just something to bounce between, so it's not just like always like static on a yeah, person. Yeah. Now, out of curiosity, do you yeah. have a mic system that hook up to those? This is a microphone right here. Okay. But... Seeing that, did you get into wireless mics or anything like that, or they don't expect you to be doing that with the... GoPro, because I guess for wrestling alligators with a GoPro, I don't expect. I don't, I don't know if you, they have a wireless one, okay. but you can connect the, they have lavalier mics or shotgun mics. Have you okay. heard of those? Are those the ones where it's just like the... 
it's like a wand basically. So I can just hold it up there and it sort of gets your voice really good. But I find that this one works really well. Um, the car traffic is going to probably be problematic, but it's not that big of a deal. Even at this distance? This is kind of why I'm, I'm perched behind this building. I think it's going to block some of the noise. Okay. But I can use software to, to knock out the background too. Didn't you say that you sold GoPros or something? Way or back electronics? In the day, I way back in the day, I lived in um, Montana and I worked at a sporting goods and retail store. Mm -hmm. And I remember when GoPro first rolled out, everyone was like, what is this stuff right here? Because a lot of people did snowboarding, rock climbing, things like that. And so we had a lot of people wondering, oh, would this keep up with them? Yeah. So the sales rep came by and he was really trying to push them. Said, yeah, try to sell these. You'll love them. They're great. There's a reason they're around still. Yeah, yeah. I like them. They're durable. I throw them in my bag. They have a pretty good... Well, the battery life actually sucks. Oh, really? But uh, as far as like recording to it, like a 128 gigabyte SD card, you know, it gives me hours of footage. Yeah. And they're fairly reliable, but when it's hot out, forget it. Like, they'll overheat really, really? easily. Yeah. It's not good for Texas. No, not at all. You know, I don't know if it's because it's the morning or what, but... You're you're seem really really calm and relaxed right now, compared to when I met you that first time. Four years. Four years ago. Four years. It was four years. Was June. Four years. I think that that probably mellows out. <laughs> a lot you definitely seem years. a lot more mellow. Um, job change. Four years. Moving. Four years. Mm -hmm. Having a kid in four years. I mean, congratulations. Even one of those youth kids that was with us. He's gone through job change, college. Which one is that? Kid. There was a guy that was with you. Yeah, I don't know. Zach. I don't, yeah, it wasn't Zach. I don't know if you remember Andrew, but I only Zach, met you and Zach that day. I Zach's think Zach's moved, graduated, has a job, and so hmm. I was gonna say since then I haven't even after the after the youth group grew up. It was kind of the church and I were kind of like, do we want to move forward from here? What do we want to do? Mm -hmm. And kind of after the youth group moved up and we got the church and I kind of had some differences with things. We kind of just went separate ways. And so I was kind of, as far as full-time paid ministry, um, that was kind of it for me. I kept doing the youth group after that. Was that a, a paid job? Was that, yeah. It, it was. was. It was a paid job. Um, so once I was done with that, I just did it on the side. Um, just volunteer for about about a year year and a half yeah um, so once we were gone into that we had kind of told the church um, that we were with like, hey just because of time commitments the what I told them the church I was with just because of commitments and things like that I wouldn't mm. be able to really be able to do both jobs yeah I say being able to give that kind and they still ask me to help out with stuff at the church and I, I still try to help out when I can but it's nothing the same like before I can't give the same amount of time or hours do you still uh, do you still go out on the weekends to talk about no, God or no okay um, and that's probably just been the well, I guess I mean you, you, you've done a lot of research I mean are you familiar with spiritual gifts spiritual gifts yeah in, in your research of, of the Bible or anything have you found anything about spiritual gifts I, no I don't think I've ever heard that term it's a, it's, it's a term, technically. Mm -hmm. When you go through the Bible, you know, like, well, I guess aside from the Bible, how people have, like, personalities, people have special talents, people have special gifts kind of thing. Uh -huh. so there's people who believe that the Bible supports that people have spiritual gifts, that people can, um, um, some people are more, I guess, able to do evangelism. Some more people are better at counseling. Some people are better at administration. Some people are better at... And the list can go on and on. And okay. People argue about the list. I and see. And people argue about, is this even a thing? People argue, is this even theoretical? Or is this, is this possible? But kind of a big thing I came down to, I was like, big thing we were doing this, because my little brother, we felt he had, he had a really big gift for evangelism. He could just whip out that ladder, hop on top, talk to a crowd. Hmm. And he still does stuff like that. Um, does he live he, here in town? No, he doesn't. He, okay. he lives out of state. But he's... Um, because he also he enjoyed a lot of politics stuff and he's like you you are way too outgoing to enjoy this kind of stuff um, but we were always like him and I talking back and forth like this if, if the spiritual gift thing is is how we feel like looking at like a Corinthians and Ephesians then you definitely have the gift of evangelism or something like that because you can just do that you can just walk up to anybody mm -hmm. and just go from point A to point B really fast for me uh -huh. I was more like okay actually talking to somebody let them bring it up 
Okay. Thing. I was always more mm. of a, a laid back kind of thing. So for me, that was way, way out of my comfort zone. Oh, I was just trying to help him out with it. Oh, I see. So, was that your first time going out there and talking to people, or had you done it before? Second, second for sure. It have been a third time, and we've been like a test time, just figuring out. Okay. We were just trying to figure out the area. It was, it was all new. I hadn't looked up anything. We just literally borrowed a borrowed a step ladder we didn't uh-huh. buy a step ladder we just borrowed one <laughs> we see what are you saying that so you sort of like reevaluated your spiritual gifts and did you come to the conclusion that that wasn't an area for you that well, was before I went I knew I was like that was not for me mm-hmm. getting up in front of a, a crowd I hadn't any idea about before mm-hmm. to me it was always different getting up on a stage and talking to a crowd that I kind of had at least the, I knew they wanted to be there does it make sense talking to like a church crowd or talking to uh, like a gymnasium of kids yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I always knew, oh, these people wanted to be here. They knew what to expect. They came here. I felt fine talking to a crowd. I got like you. That. You weren't so much comfortable just walking up to strangers and initiating a talk with them. Not as much. Because like I said, I liked it more when people approached and brought it up kind of thing. Because I guess I'm more non-confrontational. Maybe I'm a millennialist and that's where it comes from. Yeah. I'm that's more- actually kind of funny because... When I do the street epistemology stuff, I will initiate talks with people. I'll say, like that lady that came by, like I might say, hey, do you have five minutes to chat? Mm-hmm. But my preference is to have something just naturally come up. A natural opportunity where somebody makes a claim. Mm-hmm. So they think karma is real or God is real mm-hmm. or everything happens for a reason or even or even a political thing. Yeah. That's my preference where it just comes up. Mm-hmm. It just So it I mean, we might have some similarities in that regard. It makes for more natural conversation. For sure. And plus... Yeah. Well, you saw how I was four years ago. I was all like more animated, more. You were very animated there. Trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's so shockingly different um, from what the, the last encounter that we had to today, it, just uh, in your demeanor and that type of thing. But this is more you, I guess, is what you're telling me. I hope it is. <laughs> I hope it is. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. What got you into doing this? Because most people don't like it. I read a book that was talking about having conversations with people, specifically God believers. Uh, but what we started realizing, probably around the time that I started talking to you, I started um, branching out and, and broaching different topics, not just God. So I was there at the Alamo to talk to people about why they thought God was real mm-hmm. and then challenge them with questions to see how they could be so sure. What was neat about our situation is I think you came up to me. I don't know if one of the other street preachers said, hey, you need to talk to that they guy. Did. They did. They did. They did. They didn't, give me, they didn't give me any heads up. And so they were like, hey, go talk to that guy. He could he could use some encouragement. I was like, because we had met some people that day who had tried street preaching and it worked out. I was like, oh, okay, I guess this guy's a fellow believer or something like that. Let me walk up and shake my hand. So when I walked up, I was kind of like, more the first like minute I was feeling who the heck just sent me over here like I'm gonna find this guy afterwards and say why did you not preface the, the, yeah cause I I don't know if I'd still walked up but at least it would've given me like that not that I bet what if you watch the video probably that first few seconds my hmm. look on my face trying to Wait, I'm oh, trying to figure out what is going on. Like I wasn't. Yeah. Now that I'm sitting here, standing here talking to you, I'm thinking. I think I do remember. Maybe later, one of the street preachers saying, "I sent that guy over to you, or I asked him to talk to you, or something." Well, if you see him again, tell him he tricked me. He <laughs> <laughs> felt Don't, tricked. I was like, well, he he had made it sound like it was like another believer or something. It's like, oh, we need some encouragement. Like, go tell oh, him. Yeah. I was just gonna like, hey, here's one of our church <laughs> business cards. We're out here too. You have a good day. Adios. Right. Right. We were we were getting ready. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't know if we were done with the day or we're getting ready to be done, kind of thing. So we were, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'll have to watch that again. It sounds like you've seen the video. I had one of the youth group kids. Like, I don't remember when you put it up. It was the youth group kids who sent it to me. Like, hey, mm. pastor, we're up there. I'm like, what? So I looked at it. Well, do you like seeing yourself on camera? No one likes no. seeing yourself on camera. No, I hate it. And you see yourself talking, you see all your little like twitches <laughs> and your things you do, and you start, you hope you just pick your nose. You hope that that would be the least worst thing yeah. you do. And yeah. you watch how you talk, and you're just like mm-hmm. horrified at that. Well, I mean, I'll give you this. I mean, the first time I was, first time I got to preach, I was 16, and my youth pastor was like, hey, I want you, I want you to preach in front of a church kind of thing. And I had like a five and a half minute sermon. 
kind of thing. And you're talking the shortest, the short. I couldn't even read my own notes. It was like on some like legal pad, but I ran it in pencil. But it was being recorded. Writing. It was all being recorded. So I got up there, and once all the lights got in my face, it was like a, the first time I got to see the whole train thing. Or I guess this is my first real deal, like public speaking on a stage kind of thing, getting mic'd up and all that. Yeah. I listened. He made a CD of it. I listened to the CD out afterwards, and you know, like the, the flower, like King James kind of thing, the King James language, like for the um, like the sixteen hundred kind of English and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. Thou knowest not that thou witherest. And I'm like, a lisp came out of nowhere. I'm running my words together. Oh, interesting. I'm listening to the CD just like banging my head like, why, why, <laughs> why? And it was like, why was no one laughing when I was doing that? Everyone was just dead serious. I guess they, they felt sorry for me. Maybe. I don't know. You know I, yeah, I, so I, I hate seeing recordings of me. I'm like, yeah. That's, I've listened to myself speak either in these conversations or giving talks on street epistemology. And... I'll notice things, I think that's just the ice. I'll notice things that either I said or, or here's what's even worse sometimes. Mm-hmm. Try transcribing what you've said. Oh. Actually like type what you're actually <laughs> saying and you're like, that wasn't a complete sentence. Okay, he said, um, he said, like, he said, so. I can admit, yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a humbling thing when you see yourself on it. Yeah. That video I think is probably one of my most watched ones. Oh, really? Which is actually a little unfortunate because I don't think it was my my best showing. Wow. As far as like showing how to do this approach. Did you ever look at the comments? I'm always a little curious if, if people... At the time you put it comment. up, there was like three comments. One of them was... Oh, there were just three? Little, I th- yeah, I mean, like it was like the first week. And okay. Like, oh. um, there are little... The first are... comment was like, what the heck are you doing? It was like, what the heck are you doing to these youth group kids or something like that? Me, like towards me boy. or to you? To me, to me. And it was like, okay. it was like this poor boy. I don't remember the third comment. I think the other one stuck out to me. Because <laughs> it was the youth group kids showing that to me. And they were, they were all joking back and forth. Like, poor boy, poor boy. And they were oh, like. Oh, okay. Hmm. There's a lot of comments on there. And a lot of them are not very nice. and For you and me. Mostly for you, unfortunately. But it actually, um, it was one of the reasons why I started adding a, like a warning for viewers to be charitable when they, if they decide to make a comment. With social media comments, people. It's, yeah, it's brutal. I'm glad that you're, you're not too troubled by it. It amazes me. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you're not going out so much to initiate talks or, or street preach. Are you still a young earth creationist? Do you still think the earth is really, really young? I think that was one thing that we talked about was your view on evolution, and you seem to have some pretty strong views about it. Yeah, actually, someone asked me about that about a month ago at work. Someone asked me about that. Hmm. About what was their time. position? They, they, they were, uh, um, they grew up very much believing in evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, they believed in God and they believed in evolution. And so, well, like as you see now, it's a very non confrontational response like, okay, well, I'd like to share my views, but also realize when I share my views, other people have other views, and I'm not trying to step on their toes. I'm not trying to, oh, just because I share my views, I'm condemning you kind of thing. You're saying you're the wrong way. I'm just saying this, this is where I'm at. Yeah. And you can make your own conclusions after that. I'm not going to cram it down your throat. I guess I grew up hearing my whole life kind of both sides to the evolution debate, to the young earth debate. Where specifically did you hear the old earth views? I had a little bit of private school and I learned that in private school a little, a little bit of home I had I had all three a little bit of homeschooling and I heard that there you learned the younger I, god damn it I hate that you, you heard the younger thing in homeschool and in private school and actually private a little school. bit in, in public school mm-hmm. I, I went to a different kind of public school it was like in Podunk, Montana it was, it was oh, very yeah. it was like the one room schoolhouse kind of thing um actually recently I even picked up some old book it was many reads since college it was some like out of print from England from like the early 1900s book and that was even just talking about like the whole like uh, young earth debate versus evolution and I was interested when I was going through that it pointed out the fact that and there, there were people that I didn't even know that were young earth people it was pointing out people like Kelvin the guy who discovered argon gas her names like I, I didn't even know this it wasn't the reason I had believed into like the, the young earth thing because of the I guess significant people who had in the past. I'm actually having a little hard time hearing you. That's fine. Uh, could you so speak? I was amazed when I was um, recently, like I said, I was reading through some book and it was pointing out all the different scientists 
had over the years that believed in the universe, believed in God, and he was pointing out names like uh, Calvin. That used to, and now don't? No, no people that did, well, they're dead. They're dead now. Okay. Okay. These are, these are Christians that used to think that the Earth, and they were scientists. They were scientists. And they thought the Earth was young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was pointing to names like people I hadn't been familiar with, but people like discovered, the man who discovered argon gas, I guess his last name would be argon, I'm not sure. Mm. But it was... It was pointing out all these things, but it, in the end, it left the argument of it doesn't matter how many people have a viewpoint for something. It doesn't necessarily make it right just because that has to be supported by the evidence, has to be supported by the facts. Because there's yeah. plenty of times in history where someone's come along and said, hey, this is the way up is up and the way down is down or something like that. It conflicted with the consensus. It, it, the the mm -hmm. general thing, mm -hmm. people flipped out. And a big part is just that this book was trying to push out there is that it just goes back to the evidence. Because what you mean, you, you see... It's how social media works. People go back and forth. They hate this thing one week. They hate this thing the next week. And people seem to go back and forth on social media kind of thing. And people aren't always ready to, to hear the facts. People aren't always ready to, mm -hmm. to sit down with it. So I guess, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I'd, I'd still be a, a young earth creationist. I'm open to, to talking about different views. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I'm not a scientist, so... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you hit a certain point where the technical jargon, I, I have to get it dictionary yeah. to look up those words. And, um, <laughs> I'm definitely not a scientist in that area either. Although my view would be that evolution is is a settled fact. Um, that would be my position on it. But I'm open to it as well. You know, um, it's it's nice to hear that at least you're open to changing your view on it. Is your view that a god exists dependent on? evolution being false no because like I said there's plenty of people I know who are are Christians okay and they still believe in evolution so accepting evolution wouldn't change your worldview whatsoever with regards to a God existing mm -hmm. okay yeah because I guess what you call those people would be a theistic evolutionist mm -hmm. someone who believes mm -hmm. that God created evolution he set that in motion yes I've met plenty of people who have that viewpoint and so when it's all said and done, I mean, what the, to believe in Jesus, there isn't some requirement that you buy the book of Genesis and believe the book of Genesis. Well, I believe that's important because it's, it's like me being the first chapter of a big book or first, it's kind of, kind of important, but mm -hmm. I don't see that as being the thing to, to argue with somebody if there's bigger issues at hand or okay. the biggest thing to discuss if there's issues at hand is because I guess when it's all done, it goes back to more the morals part of things, more the spiritual part of things, more the mm. are heaven or hell. Do you believe in heaven or hell? And if so, where are you going to die? I feel like that's so much more important than which translation do you read of the Bible? Because I know some mm. people have bar fights over that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, On that note, though, before I forget, theists who accept evolution fascinate me. Well, actually, and, and theists who don't fascinate me as well. Mm -hmm. Because um, it would seem that if we evolved, then if we really did evolve, then the whole story in Genesis really doesn't quite make a lot of sense to me. So I think on that point, I might, I might share some commonalities with you in not quite understanding why the theists are accepting evolution. It's trying to merge the two. You grew up one way in school learning, these are the XYZ facts, mm -hmm. you hear this about the Bible or the XYZ facts, the two don't mix. You gotta make one of them work and it's so much easier to bend something you definitely most of us have no clue about the bible it's easier to bend how does the bible work and work that with how we think science works and so it's so much easier when it's all said and day to have the bible take the blow yeah that's take as your belief for you it sounds like what you're saying is the bible is pretty much everything like the bible is the reason why you think your god is real is that even be entirely maybe kind of be a big or would it, would it be the, it would be I'm sorry. Stuff. It'd I, be a big part. Is it just the background noise is, is blowing on my I do that when I mutter like that. It doesn't help out much either. <laughs> it's, it's a big part, but it's not the the only reason. Kind of like believing in creation doesn't necessarily make me believe that God is my Savior. Believing in the Bible being real, true, doesn't necessarily make me believe that God is my Savior. I can believe that the Bible is true all day long when it's all said and done. Who I make my Lord, who I make my Savior, is kind of a different decision. Because I know people who believe the Bible is true, but they never trust in Jesus to save them. Wouldn't anything. a person need to read the Bible first, though, to understand that the, the story of Jesus and the messages and all that stuff? Someone could tell them about it. 
I've seen that playing with, with people who can't read. Someone tells them about Jesus. I guess you can go that route. And yet the person making the oral tradition would have to have the source document for it, right? Unless you just go historical documents. If you just mm. shove the Bible all aside and just go from historical accounts of Jesus. I know some people do it that way. I remember when we met, one thing that we talked a lot about was contradictions. And one of the frequent comments on the video is, did you ever give them the contradictions? They were asking me this because we were talking about contradictions. I was waiting for a list. First like week, month, I was waiting for like yeah. some email, like here's well, the PDF spreadsheet. <laughs> get your Greek and Hebrew out, get ready for this. I was like, <gasps> I, was, I was waiting for it. <laughs> what I always replied with was, I'm not gonna give many contradictions until it's confirmed to me that contradictions would lower your confidence that the Bible was a source of truth. And I think we, I might be, I haven't looked at the email threads. It's been years since we've had them. And I thought we talked about contradictions a little bit. Like, is, is this what you need to see? And I don't think I ever got a, like a, an answer on it. You may have, I don't know. I don't remember. But when I'm talking with somebody, just like the evolution thing, one thing that I've learned from this conversation is that it would really make no sense to discuss evolution with you or show that it's true. If it wouldn't dismantle you, it would just be a waste. It would be like running the wheels. If it wouldn't have any influence yeah. on your conclusion that a God is real, why would I want to talk about evolution? So I'm putting that on the back burner. Now I'm kind of interested in contradiction. Well, that's kind of what I was asking you about the Bible. I'd say even if we went through and you showed me where Old, Old Testament was legitimate or something like that, mm -hmm. it'd still be spinning the wheels, I guess, from personal experience and things like that. Okay, so I'm going to repeat back what I heard you just say. Even if we were to go through the Bible and find contradictions between Old Testament and New Testament, hello, uh -huh. and we identified contradictions, like you identify, you define what a contradiction is, and we pointed out 20 of them, it wouldn't change your position of the God existing at all. It's more personal experience. That's what I think I just heard you say. Okay, and I, I see where we're going with. So, to believe in something, this is just the, you. Like in the same way, like you, you can pick anything in the world. There's typically not like one thing you point to. For this is why I believe in this. I guess at work we call it the totality of the circumstances. Is the technical? There's so many reasons that we for it. There. There's so many reasons to pick one. Yeah. You get set on that one, and you'd want to shred that one. You get well, they do it in court. Um, they pick that one reason and they flesh it out and they make the 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 person up on the stand looked like an absolute idiot for using that one reason. When really, it wasn't that one reason. There was yeah. There were so many reasons. And to, to set apart one by itself would to totally dismiss all the other ones and their, their validity. So I guess before it, it makes it sound like I'm not listening to any kind of sound because it would sound like, oh, you don't listen to science, you don't listen to contradictions, you don't listen to this. And it's, it's not that. It's when you take all of these things together, mm -hmm. you put it as a package, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in God. But if you were to then rip out one of those entirely. Yeah. I guess like on the spokes of a wheel, I mean, there's still, there's still that support. There's still that, like, we're going to go with the illustration, which could get ripped apart. You can say, is it a wooden wheel, a metal wheel? What kind of wheel we got <laughs> I here? love the metaphor. Say, because that's, I guess. I, I love the metaphor. It's perfect. Yeah, you've got this wheel, right? And you have all these different spokes. Mm -hmm. And one spoke is evolution, and the other one is contradictions, and the other ones might be personal experience. It's really how we arrive at a lot of different stuff. That's how you mm -hmm. arrive at do I like this person? Do I want to marry this person? Do I like this job? What about this job? You take, there's so many aspects. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just, because if we were to discuss a job, it's not just, hey, what are the benefits? What are the hours? What are the this? What's that? Because you, you remove one, how does this work out? Well, for some people, they'll just bite the bullet and they'll keep going with it. Other people, yeah, yeah no, that'd be enough. They're done with it kind of thing. Going back to more of the topic, some people, as soon as life gets a little bit rough, like, forget this Jesus thing. I thought my life was... I think it's a horrible mad. reason to get up, give up a belief because maybe you've had a bad experience or... But for some people... Your spouse died right. in a horrible accident and then stopping to believe something. It doesn't... Mm -hmm. I understand people, the emotion. Yes, right. for some people it's enough, but I meet a lot of atheists mm -hmm. who don't believe in a God because of very poor reasons. And I'm willing to explore their wheel and their spokes mm -hmm. just like I would do with you or anyone else that might be believing that a God is real. I guess for most people, it's typically kind of scary to really sit down and say, why do I, when you back down and try to get back to square one? I guess, well, why do you believe in, 
are, are you an atheist then? Okay, so yeah. why, why are you an atheist? Like, what, what led you to this? When I look at all the spokes mm -hmm. that would support a, a wheel <laughs> of belief in God, mm -hmm. the spokes, they, um, they're either non-existent or they're, they're woefully weak. So I've, I've examined the spokes that I was given mm -hmm. uh, to support my belief that a God was real. And uh, they just didn't hold up to the scrutiny. Like, did you grow up with it? Was it like your parents? I did grow up with it. Yeah. Was it grandparents? Like, how many generations does it go Oh, back? gosh. I mean, I only know like two generations back. But yeah, they were all religious. So I was raised with it. But at an early age, I was always skeptical. Okay. I was just uh, a very inquisitive and skeptical kind of person. Good morning. So I do meet a lot of people, especially people who are studied in it and they're really committed to the belief being true. And, you know, they, 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 they do services and they look at their belief gifts, I think is what you said, or what yeah. you call them spiritual gifts. That's the technical label on it, but I've heard people call it other things. So yeah, yeah. You don't have to get hooked up <laughs> And I meet a lot of people who say, listen, Anthony, there are so many reasons why I think that this is true that you just can't knock out one or two. There's just this whole wide variety of, yes, they're important, and yes, they're the reasons why I believe it, but there's just so many of them that, uh, that nothing can, could actually cause me to realize that this belief isn't true and possibly abandon it or lower my confidence in it. Mm -hmm. And one question I've been wanting to ask people if I, if I meet someone like that yeah. is, what is the... What is the one thing that you find yourself sharing the most with other people that don't believe it? What's the thing that you found the most convincing? Because that, I think, might be one of the strongest spokes in that wheel. I would say physical protection. <laughs> that would be for me. Absolutely. Physical protection? Physical protection. Because I've had, with my job, so many close ones and buddies who didn't have the... I guess the privilege of having it be a close one. It wasn't a close one for them. It was it. They were done. And I've had enough of those, enough talking to... I spent a lot of time at university trauma um, going back and forth. And you can ask them, and they'll all argue about it. If you asked about is there a God kind of thing, they'll, they'll all argue back and forth kind of thing with each other. Are we talking about other uh, colleagues of yours? Yeah, or I say people? other colleagues. Other colleagues, because mm -hmm. I, I have to go there. Unfortunately, I have to go there a lot. I have to go through trauma mm. and I would say between that and my experience so between that and experience on the street I would say my physical protection and seeing I guess if you were to I guess open it up seeing the, the miracles and things like that that happen on such a daily basis some noticed mm. some unnoticed mm -hmm. that it's like there's clearly something else at work that's out of my understanding for why would I not die but why would this guy die mm -hmm. why would I just get hit by a car, but he actually got run over by the car. What, how, where's the determination in this? But then to stand back and say, oh, this is just random chance. I've seen too many like that. That, that, that couldn't be random chance. Here's what I hear you saying, mm -hmm. and correct me if this isn't it, is that in your, in your career, you have a high-risk career, mm -hmm. and, and you're, you're encountering threats all the time. Mm -hmm. You have a tendency to avoid some serious trauma. You're avoiding physical injury on a frequent basis. Other, your other colleagues are not. Oh, no, I've had physical injury. Oh, you uh, have yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, let me clarify. It's not because I have no physical injury and they get it all and I'm just the lucky protected one with the bubble around me. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's, it's not that at all. Um, more the, from what I see, there seems, I don't see coincidence. Um, and I can give you kind of an example in a second. I don't see coincidence, but I do see there is some sort of order there is some sort of clear everyone seems to have a place in a time and we're not it's not up to choose that. can I test the spoke with a question yeah, go ahead. okay so my question is the wooden wheel <laughs> I was actually talking to a guy who had a new bike and he was talking about like the material of it it's like yeah. titanium and it's super strong and super light it's one of those bikers <laughs> $400 he told me this bike was $3,000, something like that. Anyways, um, I want to test one of these spokes. Uh, so the spoke, I think that we're, the, the strongest spoke in this wheel for you is the physical protection yeah. that you think that you're getting. And because you're, I'm sure you're getting injured and that type of thing. But for the most part, you're avoiding oh. serious injury. 
No, if I were flat out die, that wouldn't necessarily change it. No, I'm no. not. I'm not asking oh, that. Oh, oh, I was gonna. <laughs> no, my question is, if there's there's sort of a hypothetical here, but if you came to understand that these instances where you're avoiding serious injury, if if you discover that you didn't have a way of telling that that was really the God helping, or if it was actually coincidence. If you couldn't discern between the two and you lowered your confidence in physical, avoiding physical injuries, would that have an impact on your view that a God was real? I'm already at the point. I have no idea what caused this, what caused that. Did he want this? Let me give you an example. So the other day we brought in a guy to, to UH. He had been shot in the chest, shot in the leg, mm-hmm. shot in the foot, three bullets. Okay. Yeah. We bring him in there, they throw him up on the, the table, and I have to be there half the time for as we're removing evidence from the person. He's alive, and we're thinking, okay, no. no this is a colleague of yours? Uh, no, not the guy on the table. He was a victim. Mm. Um, he was, uh, I'm not sure if he was a student or if he worked or something like that. I didn't, typically, I don't, I'm lucky to get a name kind of thing. As we're going through, they go for the first bullet. First bullet is passed clean through, through his chest. And at that point, they're all kind of like standing back, like the, the nurses and the doctors, because we have a lot of... A lot of the students still in the room. A lot of the medical students, because this is, is UH and this is how they do things. So, Trauma, yeah. Um, bullet just passed clean through. Passed through the right side of his chest. Missed the bones. Missed arteries. Missed anything slightly important. It was just flesh wound. Mm. And they're all kind of like, that's just weird. And they popped off his shoe, and a bullet came falling out. Completely intact, the front of the bullet. Um, just the lead. It had gone inside his shoe, done a whole circle around, and just plopped into his... Um, resting on top of like his sock Mm. didn't pierce his foot at all I just completely traveled around we popped it off and they were just like at that point and I was standing there too it's kind of like we had I'd been at the crime scene we'd seen all the bullets things how is this kid living through this because he was out that day after being shot straight through the chest we're kind of like that's to from the little bit I knew of the human body but from talking to them they're like we know too much of the human body to say hey that would hit nothing major there was something something else was going on here and sure enough, a week later, we get a guy who comes in. He gets shot literally the same spot. He was even walking, he gets shot the same spot. He was dead within like 24 hours. Mm. And I talked a bit with the medical staff, and this is just an example of one story. And it was like, you know, there seems to be some sort of decision process outside ours about whose time it is, whose time it isn't. You get one person who gets shot, same exact spot, they're perfectly fine. Another person, no. I talked with him a bit. Is this like, oh, no, they just have some medical thing. They're different. They're different on the insides and things like that. And the, the consensus I got from them was like, no, we're the experts in the field. We know how this, this body is supposed to work. And the kid last week should have been dead. Mm-hmm. Should have been absolutely dead. I, I see situations like, and that would just be one example of many, that's not necessarily, oh, it's my physical protection over somebody else. It's more of, I, I see these situations that I get thrown in. And firsthand experience, it's like, oh, was this just coincidence? There's no way that was coincidence because what are what are the odds if you take that as a coincidence? Mm. And so I see that as a, you know, there, that definitely contributes to the, the, the viewpoint that there is, is a higher power. Mm-hmm. And like I said, once that happened, there was, there actually was a little mini argument over the guy as they're, they're still working on him. One guy was like, that was a miracle. And the other guy's like, no, nah, BS. And he walks off kind of thing. And they all start going back and forth. And I even saw among the medical crowd there was the disagreement kind of thing. So once all of a sudden done, you still got to hmm. pick your thing. And it's not like, oh, these guys over in trauma are all firm believers in God. No, they still have their things back and forth. That was just, I guess, the, the first one that pops in my head mm-hmm. for just one situation. That's a great example. When I I don't see how that would contribute towards the, the coincidence or the randomness kind of thing. I see where mm-hmm. a situation like that would contribute towards the idea that, no, there is a higher power that makes it very clear, hey, it's mm-hmm. your time. It's not your time. And that decision is completely out of my understanding. Because... Are there... I, hold on a second. Sorry. Helicopter going overhead, yeah. I was going to say, that's... Usually I get airplanes I going, even going overhead. I can't bowl this. I'm... Not, I should have thought about that one. It didn't even occur. It didn't even occur to me. Let's go right by an active. As like, let's go by like the the conjuncture of the two major highways in San Antonio. Okay. Army base just over the road. (laughs) At least they're not firing off artillery or something. Firing it that way, but yeah. (laughs) Okay, so are you saying that um, 
there are coincidences and then there are things where they can't be coincidences. And because you have that hypothesis, your explanation is God. I think it would come, the, this, coincidences, I feel often like some sort of excuse for something we don't understand. It's obvious it's a coincidence. I have no idea what just happened. An excuse for something we don't understand is your definition of a coincidence. I think sometimes I would use that as, mm-hmm. if I were to actually, you know, when you actually use a word and you think about how did I just use it? <laughs> Because sometimes I'm amenable. To, I'm amenable to changing definitions of words. Say, I'm not going to lock you in. Like, no, no, dude, you're, you're, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to say, but if I were to stop back and I would look, how did I just use that word? I'd probably use it as, as a, I don't get it, or that's an excuse, or I don't see how that matches up. Yeah. Answers your question. Kind of Who is determining, in your view, whether something is a coincidence or it actually was the higher power that made it happen? You gave this wonderful example of one guy died, he got shot in the chest, and the other guy lived. Mm-hmm. And in your view, I'm not exactly sure what you're saying. Are some of those things coincidences? Are some of those things the God? No, I, from from looking at the Bible, if, if you if you go with the approach of believing the Bible, I guess I should prefix all that. If you go with looking at the Bible and you're trying to understand God's character, or even if you were to dismiss the whole Bible, you're like, okay, let's look at um, a supernatural being just from his... I mean, just, yeah, I mean, from the Bible. You would see that, okay, if he's created everything, time, mm-hmm. then he would see the beginning of time, he would see the ending of time. If he's created us, little machines kind of thing, and set us off on our way to do things, he would understand what choices and what things could happen. And there's there's so many Bible verses about knowing he knows what tomorrow holds, or he knows how many hairs are on his head. Um, he's numbered them as the sand or as the stars. Like there's so many verses that show that he, hey, I have I have infinite understanding. And so from that standpoint, it's like, oh, well, nothing really happens by random chance. It feels like that to us because we're not in the big picture. We just we're on eye level hmm. with everybody. And we don't understand how this person's cause and effect kind of things could do things. Mm-hmm. But you take God and he's seen this guy and he's seen this guy and he knows what how his life is supposed to go his perfect plan was hey that he'd love him that he'd follow him well his perfect plan if you back up all the way to um, the Garden of Eden was just just perfect harmony with mankind and God has given ways to fix it I mean we could you could probably bring up so many little side points from, from this that last sentence but when you take all of that from looking at the Bible and God being I guess if you're just to take one Bible verse just him being of infinite understanding he wouldn't know when it's Joe's time, he wouldn't know when it's Bob's time, when they're just done physically here on this earth. Mm-hmm. They would know all the possible options for what this could happen and when it could happen. Um, so you could take the viewpoint from that, like this is the exact way your life will live. You have no choice because if God knows absolutely everything, then there's no way you could possibly have any input. Or then you could take it, well, that's one of those things I don't understand. God gave me the choice. I could die this way or I could die that way. I could live this way or I could live this way. That's just the mystery of God letting me choose and choose. But when it's all said and done, he still knows. So did I really choose? And he could go back in the circles all day long. So I guess Mm. I would go the viewpoint if you're just to take one verse or just one concept about God is he's all knowing he's infinite understanding. He would know whose time is this person's that. For me, I would would perceive that as coincidence or did God pick this time over that guy's time I, I don't I don't know because I'm I'm just on eye level I don't always see how everything's always working I don't see that person's choices I don't see how this was caused I don't see things even down to in this guy's case down to such a physical level of a lead going through his chest mm-hmm. which part is it going to hit where if you're to take the, the supernatural being I believe with he would know is this one artery here is this yeah. a little shove too far to the left um and does that, does that answer your question? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't I, end that sentence. Let, We're gonna lose it. <laughs> Dang it. Let me, let me repeat what I think you've said again. And if this isn't You'll it. I have to take a deep breath because that was a long sentence. I'm not going to like do yeah, every yeah, single okay, word yeah, that yeah, you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to boil it down to a few sentences. Okay. What I heard you say was the way that I can determine whether that was a coincidence or it was my God is because I've already concluded that the God exists because uh, it's in the Bible and all this stuff. Yet you were giving 
personal experiences and avoiding trauma and seeing action, actions from the oh, guy. But as far as that, like, an experience... Can, can I finish? Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's okay. I think one of the biggest spokes in your wheel is that I've seen things that were from the God. But it doesn't seem like that's... Um, that's a good way of justifying that it really was the God. You know, it almost seems like you've already concluded that the God is real, and then you have this ability to determine that was a coincidence and that was actually God making it happen. I, I can see why you view that, but no, I think it was for me because... There, there's no question there, I guess, for you. But yeah, I guess, I, guess, I guess if you were given an example where it's... Well, because at that point, that would come down to... Is this something? Oh, I understand medical stuff. I know exactly how this bullet. No, I'm not worried about like uh, how did the guy actually survive it. But how I arrived at that conclusion? Yeah, deciding right then and there. Oh, how are you? Yes, exactly. Because you could take the belief that oh, I don't understand how medically thing works. Therefore, I'd have to. Oh, I think God just made that. That's my catch-all. God chose it was this guy's time. This is what I hear you. This is what I hear you saying. Is that when I when I see something unusual where a guy survives getting shot in the chest. That just can't be coincidence. It has to be the God. And then you're, from my understanding, because of all these things that you're experiencing just like that, that is your biggest piece of evidence that your God exists. And then when we start examining, well, how can you actually tell that that's the God? It's predicated on you thinking that the God exists. So it seems kind of circular, circular to me when, I, when I'm listening to you say it. Yeah, it would definitely come across that. It would come across as a, a big faith thing. Because I can... What's that? It would definitely be a big faith thing, I guess. I just did another one of those bad sentences. Um, it would definitely be one of those faith things for, hey, I look at this and I automatically perceive it. So yeah, it wouldn't be one of those. I, this situation caused me to have my belief in God. Because yeah, that would just be a, a personal I guess, choice. Because like I mentioned, there were people in that room there who were like, oh, I see this and I don't believe there's a God so this mm -hmm. doesn't count for anything. Mm -hmm. um, they all got nothing. Is faith at the center of the wheel? Is faith the hub that allows you to conclude that all these things are actually your God? I think what's, when I come, when I look at the Bible, when I come and hear things, see things, when I, what I believe is at the heart of everybody is just to make the choice. I don't feel like one person is like, and I know there's some people, I guess, technically in my camp who would have this view. I don't feel like, we don't have any choices. There's some people hold firmly onto the viewpoint of we have no choices. It's all planned out exactly in front of us, and we can't, it doesn't matter if we say yes or no, things are going to happen. I believe God gave us choice. I believe at the heart of everybody, they can either decide yes on God or no on God, and then they go through their whole life making those choices, and people can come full circle, they can go back and forth, people can do, they, they can do a lot of changes. I believe that's one of the things that um, God gives us at the very beginning, because you can get like a, are you, family is like the easiest way to, to point to you. You can get a family. There's one brother who believes in God. There's another brother who doesn't believe in God. Both of them genetically are extremely similar. Mm -hmm. Both of them have extremely similar like um, growing up experiences. You would, mm -hmm. So if you were to, yes, when it's all said and done, I know some statistician or some counsel would be like, oh no, this one I'm totally different because of this. But if you were to take, a, I think a family is so easy to point to. You take a family and how this one can go right, this one can go left, this one up, down, or whatever choices they make. I think at the core of us, there's just those, those choices. And some people, for whatever reason that's inside of them, they, they look at everything and decide, nah, no God. Other people, they look at the world and say, oh, there must be a God. Are you choosing to conclude that your God is real because faith is somehow involved in that mix? Yeah, I guess so. From looking at, if you were to, I guess, there's going to have to be a point when it's all said and done I'm going to decide what I believe because I see people all the time you see a huge amount of evidence and decide mm. no, I'm not going to believe this. some people see no evidence decide yeah I'm going to believe this when it's all said and done you have to put your faith and trust in, in something mm. and, and so I guess you're putting your faith and trust that God is real or you're putting your faith and trust in the evidences or the spokes that comprise your wheel of belief it's yeah because it's funny I the whole believing God is real, that doesn't feel like a huge jump for me. That feels like, oh, duh. For me, what feels like the big faith thing is, do I believe 
Jesus will save me from my sins. So I believe it was an afterlife. Do I believe mm -hmm. a spiritual thing? That's where I feel like the real, like, oh, this is when the faith actually kicks in because it's been 2,000 years since then. I'm reading some dusty manuscript. Do I believe this? Hold on a second. For me, I, I look around, and it's for me, it feels easy to believe that there's a God mm. um, or some sort of supernatural being. For me, it's, it's not even a head scratch. Like, oh, there's something above us, someone above us that, that made all of this. For me, the real, like, faith, trust thing is for someone to decide, do I believe that I'm a sinner and Jesus can save me from those sins. To me, I feel like that's a whole lot more of a bridge of faith because Jesus died and rose again 2,000 years ago. You have to um, make a whole lot. And then you have to decide, oh, if, and why they're doing, is it really bad? Do I believe in morals? Do I believe in a right or wrong? Mm -hmm. You have to make all these decisions that don't necessarily have, it more just influences you in your life. How are things going to result kind of thing? You mentioned faith and trust. Mm -hmm. Are those synonymous? I mean, if we wanted to go to, like, dictionary definitions kind of thing, it depends what dictionary we're using. We're using Webster's. I'm interested in your definition of, word, of the word faith because it's one of those baggage words or suitcase words that is helpful to unpack because a lot of people have different yeah. meanings or usages of that word. So I was going to say, I, I guess I probably use them interchangeably. You've probably heard a million and one illustrations from people. I have. Um I guess, but a Bible verse that pops up to head, and you, you've probably heard the Bible verse in Proverbs. And I guess it's probably a big verse for me. It's, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledging Him, He will direct your, your paths. And in, and if you want to get nitpicky about, well, did they translate the word right? Be in trust, should it be faith? Have faith in the Lord with all your heart. Well, whatever way, I guess, in, in my life, I guess I use faith and trust pretty interchangeably. I have a lot of well, and the million illustrations I'm not going to get into that you could not, not share. Let's, let's spare the, the, the hour. bridge, the bridge here. Say, let's, let's, we might have faith or, or trust that it's going to hold us up if we were to walk across it, I suppose. Well, it's funny because I, I, maybe it's the last two and a half years lately when I think of a lot of illustration, I think a lot more, even my, my gear at work, mm. I have a lot of trust in my gear but I've even seen the limits of it dang on so many levels like I, I wanted you at this moment and here you are you're jamming on me you can't do or my, my taser I'm alone that's a love hate relationship right there these would be wonderful examples where you may have had faith or trust in something and it, and it lets you down and it, it let you down yeah and so mm -hmm. that's because once you sit in a chair for the illustration things and breaks underneath of you you're, you're, you're for the rest of your life you're, you're touching these <laughs> chairs and you're feeling underneath or with a car and things like that and so and that's where we get into an illustration it fails but i think for me don't let me forget i'll try not I'll to always hold you accountable no, okay <laughs> so i think and for me a lot lately it's been like when i think of if i had to illustrate things i go back typically to a lot of gear at work but and like i said I've seen it fail mm -hmm. and it's a terrible spot to be in. Well, okay. It comes down to a choice. For example, one time I had a, I guess just to illustrate it, but to, to give me an idea of how, how I work, how I arrive at things is, is kind of more, not the illustration more. This is how I arrived at something. One time um, when my taser problems was, was bent, which is really bad when you need to tase somebody, it doesn't do anything it's supposed to do. But a guy, he was barricading himself, attacking people at a knife. It was just bad. And for whatever reason, I was like, this is a, I got the knife from him, so I'm like, this is a tasing situation, a shooting situation, let me tase him. And my prong bounces off. And so now it's not going to do anything. I'm like standing there and he looks at me, I look at him and we have this tug of war match over my taser, we're wrestling back and forth. Mm. And the whole time I'm thinking, my stinking taser, it was like that, that cartridge, that it was, oh, and when it's all said and done, I'm going to write a letter to taser and I'm going to, I'm going to get all. And I sat back when it was all sent down. I looked at the video, I talked with my buddy, and he's, oh yeah, I saw the thing bounce. He was messing with me, actually. He's like, I didn't see the thing bounce. A month later, oh, I saw that taser bounce. A month later, I don't know what you're talking about. And he'd go back and forth. I was like, you need to tell me what it actually did. I need to know. When it's all sent and done, I had a bad cartridge. And it sounds really funny, but I really decided, do I want to carry this thing again? It totally mm. let me down in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? It, it let me down what I'm going to do. And I had to just, I was like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to still carry on my taser. I'm still going to use it just in case. And I had two more situations I had to use it in. It worked wonderfully. It, worked, it did its job. Excellent. And then I had a fourth situation. The whole, not the cartridge, the whole taser itself just done. Completely gave up the ghost. It was <laughs> done. It turned off everything while I'm on top of somebody and we're having this, he has a fork. And he's trying to go at me. And I'm like, what? It stops working. And I'm like, this can't be happening. So I'm like, do I start 
using it like a bat and hope this works out well. Yeah. It's not or it's like, escalate it. Less than pounds. I was like, yeah, where's he going to escalate? Mm-hmm. And when it's all said and done, we, the guy didn't get injured. We ended up bringing him to the hospital. We got him help. And it was, I had to go get a new taser afterwards. And it was really one of those, I'm going to sit down again. Do I really want to carry this tool? Is this tool worth the, yeah. this didn't work. Yeah. This didn't work. And so it had to, I guess, come down for me. Am I going to have, am I going to rely or faith or trust or whatever? Am I going to trust that this thing is going to help me out when it's all said and done? Mm-hmm. And so it, for me, it was, yeah, I guess I have to trust that it's going to do what it needs to when the time comes and maybe, and or improvise, maybe grab one of those chairs from the illustrations <laughs> if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And so, but I know other guys, they don't even have it not work out for them. They've never even carried one on their belt. Mm. I know some people, they won't even carry it because they have no faith, they have no trust in it. They've never even had those experiences. So when it's all said and done, I would... I, could you start over? I'm sorry, because that's fine. For some people I know, they, they won't even carry it with them. They have no faith. They have no trust. They never even have one of those many situations I've had because they've, they've never even given it a, a try or something like that. Okay. So I know some people, they, it's kind of like the, the taser thing. They come to God. They see what everyone's has gone through. Maybe me. And they're like, there's no way. I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to accept this. Look at how your life has worked out. Look at how it's going. Look where your life is going to end. There, there's no way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this belief in God. Look at what you you've missed out or look on the choices you've made. There's, there's a whole lot better way. I'm going to forget that there's other people and they don't even look at X, Y, Z or something. And like, you know what? I'm still going to have faith in this. I'm still going to trust this. And I guess you, you take a guy like me from the, if you're to take the, the totality of things I have from every, I guess for me, it's, it's just such a no brainer for the believing God, I guess more for believing in Jesus. It's such a, Based on everything I've heard and based on everything I've seen from things from the Bible, from things with the, the Jewish nation, from things with science, from ultimately the, the belief of right or wrong and how do I think this goes, mm. it ultimately just comes down to a choice of, of mine. Do I want to believe this or do I not want to, do I not want to have faith and trust? Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, really what's come to me. There's something in my head or something in my heart that finally decided, oh, this was enough for you to believe this instead of X, Y, Z thing to make sense. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. some could say, oh, that's just genetics or that's just misinformation how you finally arrived at this. And I wouldn't be able to label unless you help me right now and we get this figured out for, oh, <laughs> why do I actually not over something else? Yeah, and no, I guess somewhere in my head I had to ultimately decide, oh, I'm just going to have faith and trust in this thing. Right. Like the taser. Like the that, taser. That what I love about the taser example and I'm really sorry that that happened to you. I, I would be panicking if my taser didn't work and somebody was freaking coming at me with a, I don't fork. know, a fork or some other... Anyway, yeah. Some other weapon of some sort. What I, what I hear a lot when people bring up real-world examples where they are applying faith mm-hmm. is that it has an ability to demonstrate that it, it let you down, mm-hmm. that it's unreliable. Mm-hmm that I probably shouldn't trust this as much as I really might normally, like, like the taser. Mm-hmm. And you give this great example where you started maybe questioning the faith that you're having in your taser because it had let you down in situations. But here's the thing, when, when I talk to people who say, I'm also having faith or using faith mm-hmm. to conclude that all my spokes are strong enough to support the structure, to support the wheel of belief, that they don't have the ability to determine in this life whether the faith that they're using, that they're relying on, that they're trusting, can support the, the conclusions that they're arriving at, that can actually support the belief, that can support the justifications. Like if you're to isolate like one circumstance. Right, so my, my, here's my question. So do we have a way to actually test the taser? Do we have a way to test the faith that is so uh, crucial possibly to supporting the spokes or the reasons for the belief? Four answers popped in my head at once and I don't think either of them. So... Part two coming soon.
the Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization. 